Hello, and welcome to Morning Prayer at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Edison, New Jersey. Today is Thursday, the second day of Lent. We begin our time of prayer in silence. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Give glory to God, our light and our life. O come, let us worship and praise. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving, and raise a loud shout to the Lord with psalms. For you, Lord, are a great God, and a great ruler above all gods. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. In your hand are the caverns of the earth. The heights of the hills are also yours. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For the Lord is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Give glory to God, our light and our life. O come, let us worship and praise. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors by many and various ways through the prophets. But in these last days, God has spoken to us by a son. A reading from Deuteronomy chapter 12. These are the statutes and the ordinances that you must diligently observe in the land that the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has given you to occupy all the days that you live on the earth. You must demolish completely all the places where the nations whom you are about to dispossess serve their gods, on the mountain heights, on the hills, and under every green, under every leafy tree. Break down their altars, smash their pillars, burn their sacred poles with fire, and hew down the idols of their gods, and thus blot out their name from their places. You shall not worship the Lord your God in such ways. But you shall seek the place that the Lord your God will choose out of all of your tribes as his habitation to put his name there. You shall go there, bringing there your burnt offerings and your sacrifices, your tithes and your donations, your votive gifts and your freewill offerings, and the firstlings of your herds and flocks. And you shall eat there in the presence of the Lord your God, you and your household together, rejoicing in all the undertakings in which the Lord your God has blessed you. You shall not act as we are acting here today, all of us according to our own desires, for you have not yet come into the rest in the possession that the Lord your God is giving you. When you cross over the Jordan and you live in the land that the Lord your God is allotting to you, and when he gives you rest from all of your enemies all around you so that you live in safety, then you shall bring everything that I command you to the place that the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for his name, your burnt offerings and your sacrifices, your tithes and your donations, and all your choice votive gifts that you vow to the Lord. And you shall rejoice before the Lord your God, 
you together with your sons and your daughters, your male and female slaves, and the Levites who reside in your towns, since they have no allotment or inheritance with you. We've heard God command Israel to utterly destroy the idols and places of worship in the promised land. The people are to sweep away all evidence of the worship of gods other than the Lord, as well as the idols of those gods. But this cluster of commandments that we just read is not really about the destruction of idols as much as it is concerned about an ordered and proper way of worshiping the Lord. The Lord is to be worshipped in offerings of thanksgiving and Offerings of vows and donations of praise are to be given at a certain place where the Lord has chosen to place the divine name. When Solomon dedicates the temple in Jerusalem, he prays that the Lord would regard that building, that that place is a holy place by putting the Lord's name on it and paying attention to the worship and prayer that comes from that place. Before the temple, worshippers would go to wherever the tabernacle housing in the Ark of the Covenant was at the time. Though the tabernacle might move, the location of that tabernacle still became the focus of worship. Those who used idols to worship the Canaanite gods, however, worshipped all over the place, on mountains and hills and every high place and under every leafy tree. And their worship used an idol to make a visible image of the God, to honor the God, and to capture the spirit of the God. These practices were not to be used in the worship of the Lord, though. When we return to the Ten Commandments, we hear that the making of graven images for worship is forbidden. We often think of the manufacture of idols representing other powers or gods, but the practice is also forbidden in the worship of the Lord. This was the sin of the golden calf. It's not that Israel really thought that the golden calf had rescued them from slavery in Egypt and was now their god. They used that calf as the visible representation of the Lord God who had brought them out of slavery in Egypt. However, the Lord was not to be represented through the sheer power of imagination or the skill of art. But the Lord is a God who desires to be known through what God says and God does. The image and spirit of God cannot be captured in any kind of image. God was a living God, free, a speaking God. And that is why this Torah is so precious. In it, hearing, we, in its hearing, we hear the voice of a living God who sees and hears and speaks and acts in relationship with us. Do you think that this might be why the chief priest tore his clothes and yelled blasphemy when Jesus revealed that he was Son of God and the one who had come from the Father, when Jesus said that he was God's word made flesh and that he and the Father were one? At the same time, we might wonder if the Lord had forbidden the use of images and idols in any and all places because the Lord already had in mind to be contained and made visible only and ultimately in Jesus, to focus our worship in those places where Jesus and God's Spirit had promised to abide. I wonder. There is certainly a lot in this section 
that stirs up a lot of thoughts, lots to meditate on in this area. But, but maybe it's enough for us this morning to consider that idols aren't about primitive superstition. After all, it is turning out that primitive superstition was neither primitive nor superstitious, as we were led to believe. Idols still figure prominently in our life whenever and wherever we need to to see and capture the essence of some kind of elusive power or promise of, of a good life. These are still idols, even when they are employed to communicate what we think is most like God. So as we go into this day, where will you see, where do you notice, and what kind of idols are around us even today? In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Blessed are you, Lord, the God of Israel. You have come to your people and set them free. You have raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of your servant David. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Through your holy prophets, you promised of old to save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us, to show mercy to our forebears and to remember your holy covenant. This was the oath you swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship you without fear, holy and righteous before you all the days of our life. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, and you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way, to give God's people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Mighty God of mercy, we thank you for the resurrection dawn, bringing the glory of our risen Lord who makes every day new. Especially we thank you for the sustaining goodness of your creation, for the new creation in Christ and all gifts of healing and forgiveness, for the communion of faith in your church, for the gift of relationship with others. For what else are we thankful? Merciful God of might, renew this weary world. Heal the hurts of all of your children and bring about your peace for all in Christ Jesus, the living Lord. Especially we pray for the chief church of Jesus Christ in every land, and especially our congregation, the people, the ministries, the leaders of St. Paul's Lutheran Church, for those who govern the nations of the world, for people in countries ravaged by strife or warfare. We think especially this morning of Ukraine. For all who work to bring about peace and international harmony, for all who are welcoming and caring for refugees, for all who strive to save the earth from carelessness and destruction. For who else or for what else are we praying this morning? Almighty and everlasting God, you have brought us in safety to this new day. Preserve us with your mighty power, that we may not fall into sin nor be overcome in adversity. In all we do, direct us to the fulfilling of your purpose through Jesus Christ our Lord, 
Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. Go forth into the world to serve God with gladness. Be of good courage. Hold fast to that which is good. Render to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted, support the weak. Help the afflicted, honor all people. Love and serve God, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God.